0: Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Klegman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be
1: Masliach. Welcome to episode 22 of the From Entrepreneur. And today I have an exciting entrepreneur, uh, Mendel Siegel who has, it is funny, when I I tried to originally get him on the show, and he thought maybe he wouldn't be that interesting to our our listeners because, you know, uh, he's just getting started. I said, no, you're exactly the type of guy. You know, on our show, we have entrepreneurs from all different levels. Basically, in a nutshell, Mendel uh, produces his own barbecue sauce uh, and is getting into stores now. We're going to hear his story. It's absolutely fantastic. But, you know, just, you know, a lot of people have an idea to create a product, whether it's a jelly or a jam or or a barbecue sauce or whatever it is they want to do, but to actually go through the process and to get it done and to manufacture and to label and everything that goes into it to get into short uh, store shelves. That's an entrepreneur following after his dream. So Mendel, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: You know, it's, it's funny. Again, you talk about people that have ideas and stuff and, you know, not being able to or, or nervous to follow through. you know, will people like it? You know, how will it come out? You know, who am I to get my product out there? And so, first of all, Yashaka to you for, you know, following your idea and taking it and actually getting it to this level. And, you know, we'll, we'll hear the story, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, basically about your barbecue sauce. Well, what's its name? And uh, then we'll go a little bit back into you know about you yourself. And then we'll go a little bit more deeper into the product itself.
0: Sure, it's a, it's an uphill uphill climb all the time. Uh, my barbecue, so I have a bar Right now, I currently have a barbecue sauce and seasoning, which in Kansas City and most places we call a a, a rub. My brand is called Mendel's Kansas City, and I use the the name Rabbi Q which has got the BB and the Q in different colors. So it's got like, you know, it's kind of just, just yeah, came to BBQ me. And it, it, and it like looks it's a lot of fun. That's also my uh, team name when I compete in barbecue competitions. So it's a Kansas City style sauce, so tomato-based and sweet, with a little bit of heat at the end. And it, it's very mild in the sense that it doesn't have any overwhelming smoke flavors on its own. So it's able to be used in all different types of forms and the feedback I'm getting from it is is quite inspiring. That's awesome. So, so first of all, you're in Kansas City now? Yeah. I live in Overland Park, Kansas.
1: Amazing. Amazing. All right. So we got to backtrack a bit because we got to see, like, how did you, where were you born? Uh Chicago, Illinois. So from Chicago to Kansas, uh creating your own barbecue sauce. Let's hear your story. You were born and raised in Chicago?
0: Yeah. I was born and raised in Chicago in West Rogers Park. I uh, went to Chater Lubavitch there, went through uh, K through, through uh, eighth grade. Then I went to uh, Masifta in Chicago for a couple of years. And then when I did my Yeshiva godila mostly in Miami with, a, Miami with a short stint in Argentina. And Argentina? I, yeah, exactly. Try to get around.
1: <laughs> Picking up ingredients, you know, the Miami heat and uh, Argentinian spices, I hear ya.
0: you. Know, probably my first introduction to any culture that was seriously into their flesh was definitely in Argentina.
1: And, cook, oh, yeah. and cooking
0: over open fire. That is an everyday <laughs> occurrence there. Um, right. And then I got my smicha in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. Oh, this story gets better. This is
1: fantastic. All right. So wait a second. Let's backtrack a bit. So Chicago <laughs> to Miami. You what was, the, what was the yeshiva in Miami you
0: went to? The yeshiva Gadol of Miami.
1: Oh, it's called Yeshiva Gadol of Miami. Yep. Okay. And then you went and you got smicha in Los Angeles.
0: Yep, Chabad of uh Westwood had a smicha program. Then now it moved to LA to the yeshiva there. uh
1: uh-huh. Very good. Then after you got your smicha, so you got married before or after you got your smicha?
0: After. Uh right. Okay, so- after smicha, I I wanted to go into business. I've always kind of had that um uh spark and desire to want to you know, buy and sell stuff if you if, if you will. Uh, right. and I had some- introduction to the diamond and jewelry business while I was in Yeshiva in Miami. I got to know some people in the business there. So right out of Smicha, I decided that that was kind of the avenue I wanted to see how I could uh, break into that business, which is a difficult one if you're not born into it. Right. So that was the first thing I, I started after Smicha. I started working for a jewelry store in Chicago, one of the suburbs, Northbrook. Mm hmm. Did that for a little while. Then I was hired by a diamond wholesale company out of Israel. I worked for them as a rep for a while. And I was a traveling sales rep more or less on the road five days a week or locally bouncing around every day. And that that was great. I did that for a little while until I got married. And shortly after I got married, I kind of wanted a A little little bit of a change. Right.
1: So wait, before you before you got semicha, were you ever in business before, or like as you said, coming out of your semicha program and getting into the jewelry business—that was your first, you know, taste of business, I should say.
0: So I was I was always doing something. I, I mean, like, like like a lot of people I know and their kids, you're always buying and selling stuff at school. My last right. year in uh, in base medrash, I started a coffee business out of my dorm room, and <laughs> every morning I do different types of kind of modeled after a, a mini mini Starbucks. I do lattes <laughs> and smoothies and all different types of drinks. And I got to the point where I couldn't keep up. It was absolutely out of control and I didn't have a lot of equipment or anything, but I did that for a good (laughs) portion of the year and it was great because it put spending money in my pocket, but it also gave me some valuable lessons of, you know, the key is just sourcing everything at the right price and being able to tag on a margin and keep everybody caffeinated. (laughs)
1: But in yeshiva, it's a uh, you know, it's uh, I guess it's much better than the uh, watered down stuff that you get.
0: Right. I mean, my competition was for, was free coffee, so that's kind of difficult. But at the same time, quality was vastly better than uh, what was available to the masses. Did
1: you have rabbi buying from you?
0: I did. I did. I had <laughs> one. I think. Uh, I think I kind of seemed like I kind of bribed him to have a chavrusa with me because I'd supply the coffee in the morning. <laughs> that's great. That's great.
1: Okay, so you're selling diamonds, you're selling jewelry, and then all of a sudden – and where were you based out of at this time? Which this was fall, in, you was were...
0: in Chicago. I was working in Chicago at the time.
1: So we went back to Chicago. Right. And we got married. My the...
0: wife is from Kansas, which I guess we'll get to that part in a second. We met through through a Shadchan, basically. And it's uh...
1: funny. I only met one person from Kansas. I forgot her name, but she came to us a few times for Shabbos when she was here in Israel for the year. Was your wife in Israel for the
0: year? She did she did go to seminary in Israel for a year.
1: Yeah. Oh, what's her name?
0: Dasi Bergman.
1: I know a Donald Bergman, but that's another story. Dasi Bergman. No, I don't think it's Dasi. I remember the name. We had a girl for me. Okay anyway. So you met her in Chicago.
0: Well, actually met her in Kansas. I went to Kansas to meet her. And I was able to I was also able to do a little bit of uh there was a couple of jewelry stores there I was trying to sell to. So it kind of worked out nicely.
1: Oh, that's great. So you um, went to Kansas to sell some diamonds and you ended up giving someone a diamond. Exactly.
0: <laughs> At least I was that's able to go to get a good deal on it. <laughs> that's <Okay>. right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can't get away with a small stone with her, right? Uh,
0: you know, it, <laughs> you got to – I mean, most jewelers would probably – their wives probably have humble jewelry. You, that's you gotta, true. You got to sell.
1: Right. Like the shoemaker's sons don't have shoes. Exactly. Okay. So you're in – uh, so you're in Kansas, you got married, you got married. So when you got married, you lived in
0: Kansas? No, still in Chicago. So that's when so I got, uh, got out of jewelry Kansas, and I started working. Yep. Still in Chicago. We moved back to Chicago. That's where I grew up. That's where I knew that's where my job was. And then I right. started working with a friend of mine. He was working for a commercial real estate company doing primarily office space leasing. Okay. So I was curious about it. I wanted to change. I wanted to change. So I started working with him and Pretty much just cold calling nonstop,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a lot of what I did in, for the diamond company, and just going around building office to office, building to building, what we call canvassing. So trying to see if anybody's interested in moving out of their current office. And we represent a couple, represented a couple of buildings, but we would take any any deal we could get our hands on. Right. Uh, so I, I did that for a little while, and that was about the time we had our first kid. And my wife, being that i don't have a, I have a very small family, and she has a nice, large family, but they're all in Kansas, so she's really started uh suggesting that we think about moving near her near her folks, and uh, I decided, you know what now is about as good of a time as any to give it a shot
1: sorry, I just got ask this question yeah. is Darcy's English name Dorothy?
0: <laughs> no, uh, but people know, say that all the, the- time I get confused. <laughs> Darcy have you heard that before. <laughs> No. Yeah, we we never get any uh, Wizard of Oz references. Never, so, never, so. right?
1: <laughs> okay, so you so that uh, so Dasi has family, a lot of family in Kansas. You thought about moving there, so you moved over there. Yep,
0: and uh, I was gonna see reinvent myself a little bit and see what what business, I'm trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grow up.
1: <laughs> what year was this around?
0: Uh, Two thousand six, roughly.
1: Oh, it was a while ago. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, 2006, you moved back. To, you moved to Kansas, and you're looking what to do. Which what, so, what'd you come up with?
0: Oh, uh, so I had this idea that I wanted to get into banking, personal banking, and possible, possible investment banking, and
1: okay.
0: uh, thinking about getting an MBA and started interviewing around uh, different banks. And this was right about going into 2007. So we all remember what that was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just didn't pan out. I had a lot of people say that around here, I mean, actually two interviewers specifically said around here, nobody's going to hire a guy that looks like you, meaning <laughs> yarmulke, beard and every, you know, so that was, was, pretty kind yeah, of caught me a little bit there, but anyway, that's what they were saying. And it was pretty true. Um, <laughs> I had one company offer me a teller position, but they said I have to work on Saturday cause that's when they need this specific position is mandatory Saturday. Oh my God. Thanks. Oh, man. Thanks, guys. But <laughs> either way, it's all, you know, all happens. It's all a step. Exactly. So <laughs> I, it came up that there is a kosher, there's a supermarket that has a kosher department that was expanding and they were looking for a mashkiah slash manager. <laughs> okay. And I decided, you know, I gotta, got to, got to do something. We were living in my uh, in law's basement. And right. as much as that was great, <laughs> I, I needed, needed to start doing something, establishing myself. So I was a, Good good job. The benefits were solid. I started doing that in, in October of 07, and that, that was my first foray into the food business. So you weren't and, always into
1: barbecue, so to speak.
0: No, I wasn't. I mean, I always liked food. Always a right. food guy. Like any other good job. Uh, cook a little here, cook a little there. But that was my first getting into anything more than just some home cooking. I had to run a kitchen. So you had a kitchen and I started realizing that I, I enjoyed food. I enjoyed serving people food and I had a little bit I had a little bit of a knack for it. And slowly but surely we kind of built it up a little, added things to the menu. Um and that's where I discovered the concept of barbecue. When I say barbecue, back in Chicago and even most people from New York, you'd say barbecue, you'd think hot dogs and hamburgers. Stick them on the grill. Right. But around here, when you talk about barbecue, the term barbecue is means Slow cooked meat over low heat with smoke flavor, or using real wood to create to give it a good smoke, and it it's a passion of Thai. It takes time. Nothing's fast, <laughs>
1: and Doesn't it's happen.
0: and it's it's an art form. There's so many variables that go into it. And I, I tasted. There was an event in town. The Jewish Federation here at an event where a local big barbecue company did a kosher one night. One night a year, they made kosher barbecue, and I went to the event. Somebody invited me. it went tasted it, and I'm like oh i like this stuff wonder how I, how i could figure out how to do do some of my own and slowly but surely got into it that way and then around then i was hired by the local bada Kashras in kansas city to be their executive director oh nice so i switched into that and then kind of jumped head over heels into the kashrus industry learned learned a lot about still learning a lot about commercial kashrus. And, and what year is this this is 2000 this was probably 13 about okay and when it started settling in a little bit, we were just, I was talking to our Rava Makhshir, is the rabbi of the Orthodox town, B-I-A-V, Rabbi Rockoff, okay. Daniel Rockoff.
1: Okay.
0: And we were talking about an event, some type of kosher event we could do, possibly a fundraiser. And he suggested he heard about that in Memphis they do a kosher barbecue competition. So if they mm-hmm. do it in Memphis, it's also a big gotta barbecue town City? we got to do it in Kansas City, exactly. So we, I started looking into it, and that's really kind of when it it all took off. My my passion for barbecue was was lit pun intended. That <laughs> realized, really enjoyed it, and enjoyed the process of trying of, of coming up with recipes and making it. So we had our first event in 2012. Actually, we had our first kosher kansas city kosher barbecue competition great event we our people came from all over it was an incredible event and we just had our so, fourth orthodox annual
1: community or did jews, uh, all, come over. From- jews all, over. all over jews came
0: all over the spectrum and a couple from out of town too and uh, nice. we just had our fourth a uh, couple weeks ago and it was also thousands of people people even flew in from all over the country to visit and it was it was really it's really become an incredible event but that's what really launched me What's this event into called? Into the barbecue.
1: This is not the event you were just at in in southern New England.
0: No, no that oh, was this... another, another different kosher barbecue competition.
1: Okay, so this is a competition. It's a once a year competition, and people. And so, how do like who actually does the barbecuing?
0: So uh, we have two. We have two different elements. We have the teams. Teams come and barbecue, and they serve to judges. They'll also give out some samples to people walking around. But their main <laughs> purpose is. I'd like to be a judge at the next yeah, event. Yeah, exactly. That's the best job. <laughs> and we, we screen our judges. You know, We want to make sure they understand and know what they're looking for and understand the quality. We, we, uh, oh, I <laughs> Hey, I, I don't doubt it. No, we're, uh, Podcasters we're, be great judges for barbecues. I'm just telling you now. Exactly. And you get the added uh, PR, too. It's great. Exactly. So, so the, other, the other aspect of it is we sell to the masses barbecue. And I got – about three years, three years ago, I started – I prepare all the food to sell to the masses at the concession stands at the event, which is a pretty wow. uh, crazy undertaking.
1: I mean we're serving is, what, well what, over what, a 1,000 people. What, like steaks and ribs and what do you
0: sell? No, we're selling? doing no – Most steaks. We're doing ribs, a lot of barbecue brisket, smoked brisket, either in sliced form, chopped form. And in Kansas City we have what's called burn ends which is the fatty part of the brisket after it's smoked we cube it up pour some sauce over it and stick it back in the smoker a little till it uh, gets a little a little more done and those are those are delicious it's like meat candy oh, and, and that's a wow. signature item that I'm known for and that the city is known for and then what's chicken po- and uh you got to have hot dogs for the kids but uh sure so uh, that's when that, uh, and so you fun. get a few thousand people coming yes
1: that's amazing. So, so, and then judges, what, who won? How many different people entered uh, the contest? And like, what type of contest did you have? Like, the best ribs or the best chicken wings? Like, what, so what type have,
0: of stuff? We have four categories. We have chicken, ribs, turkey, and brisket. Okay. So, and how many people? They, they've they've got to compete in all in all four categories, and we had twenty three teams compete this year. Wow. Yeah. And all from across the board—some Jewish, not Jewish, professional, amateur. One of the teams that happened to it happened to work out that Chanoch Teller was in town for it, and he was part of one of the teams, which was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> That's funny. And we, wow. we I was joking around. we had a guy—a um, guy named Simon Majumdar. He's on—he's a judge on the Food Network. He came and kind of was MC of the event, and nice. we connected with him as a whole interesting story and. It kind of actually gets into how I started my, my business. But uh, well, we connected through him. He was wait, writing a book wait, about his experiences in different food things in the United States. And he heard about our event. He's like, that would be great. I could get Jewish and I could get barbecue at the same time. <laughs> so so he came. So I, I was kidding around. You know, we had a, well, what would a Food Network guy and Hanuk teller be doing at the same time, same event? <laughs> so it was fun. It was a great event. Great. Who won the uh, awards? A barbecue team from Liberty, Missouri. They call themselves oh, yeah. the McGuire University Culinary Institute, which is at a fictional uh, university out of Chicago, which is a whole <laughs> other comedic concept. Wait,
1: wait, wait. its it? Is it? <laughs> they're from Missouri, but the, your fake university is from Chicago. Exactly. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Why not? <laughs> right. So people come for this event, and and you can and you're they're buying ribs, they're buying briskets, they're buying you know the works pickles drinks all that stuff everybody's having a great time and then you have this contest and and uh that's and it's a, it's a
0: fundraiser also you said yeah i mean it's designed to be a fundraiser how's that we're still we're still <laughs> we're still working on that part <laughs> that's great that's great
1: i mean how, i mean that's funny so you have one and how many of these kosher barbecue contests are there like we you now, i saw that you have, as we meant just mentioned there's one in uh southern new england the kosher barbecue and craft fair Right. Yeah, they they just just had
0: one there on August thirtieth. Oh, that was two days ago. Yep, three days ago. This past Sunday. And how was that? And it was it was great. I mean, I'm not. It was a great, great organized event. They had over four thousand people came out from all across the spectrum. Of, of observance of jews and non-jews alike and that's that's really one of the beauties about all the cities that have these events it really is a community event and it's a celebration to me it's a celebration of kosher we're taking one of a, a america's food categories and making a kosher and everybody can get together and everybody regardless of, of their what they want that day they're eating kosher it's a really that's cool amazing. thing this one was hosted by
1: Congregation uh, Bethel yeah,
0: Beth, Beth in Fairfield, Connecticut. So now there's, there's about – I may be missing one, but there's about 10 of them now across the country.
1: That's amazing. That's great. I was
0: at – I went to the one in Chicago in June. Chicago just had their second annual. I was invited back after the first, and I, I, uh, it was a good competition for me. I was grand champion, so I'm not going to complain.
1: Grand champion of Chicago barbecue –
0: and then wow. and then this past weekend in Fairfield, I was also I was lucky to be able to win the grand champion there, too.
1: Amazing. So what, it was what did, so you you have a team or you just go and like you prepare it on the spot over there and and, and uh, barbecue it there. Or yeah. How does it work? yeah,
0: everything's done there since since the whole kosher part of it, they supply pretty much everything. They'll supply the the grills or smokers and utensils. Uh, I generally have to go out and buy some ingredients, but they supply the meats and everything. So it actually it's nice because if you're going somewhere as a destination, I went there. I brought a couple stuff with me, but everything pretty much was there. And I cook. I'm a fairly a solo team. Sometimes I'll have somebody depending where I am come and help me, but all the cooking and and, and recipe is all kind of a little bit of a mini dictatorship. <laughs> But hey, it, seems, it seems to be working, so it's a, lo- it's a lot of work. It's not right. easy, but I enjoy it, and it's fun, and yeah, we're doing well. I'm competing That's in fantastic. Dallas, Bizaras Hashem. They're having their first kosher barbecue, the Dallas Kosher Barbecue Championship, in October. So there's one in Atlanta a week or so before, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it to that one in October. So I'm hoping uh, hoping I'll do well there, too. We're gonna
1: to have to. We'll, we'll link to all these different uh, shows and contests uh, in the in the show notes, so you can check them out at the website. But this is. I mean, this is just a lot of fun. I mean, you're having a great time. You're going around
0: do all these contests, and now. So, how did we get into making your own barbecue sauce? So, I think after my first contest that I actually competed in, the one that we do here in Kansas City, I don't compete in because I, I could run it, and it's just way too complicated to be able to do that. I went to Long Island for they had they were doing. Uh, kosher barbecue contest then and I was messing around with a couple of sauce ideas and when I got back a week or so later a bunch of my extended my wife's extended family decided we're gonna have a barbecue and I'm gonna make I did well there won a couple trophies and I have to make everything I made in Long Island I have to make for the barbecue at our house <laughs> well, of course. I mean, that makes sense. Exactly. You know, everybody—they they were all jealous. They, they were all upset that they didn't get to go and they didn't get to taste anything. So I—I I made a bunch of the different meats: brisket, chicken, ribs. And I was fooling around with a sauce of my own. Usually, until then, I was basically just mixing different sauces together or doctoring up any a store bought sauce. But I was playing right. around with a new recipe for our own, and I made it and got rave reviews from the family. And then already. This is where it gets goes back a little. When I worked at the kosher uh, deli department, right, that people somehow gravitated towards me there, and I would have people go, Mendel, you need to have your own food brand, your own item. You need to have a Mendel something. And I have, what do I know? I'm just a guy getting, a, I, I never went to culinary because I don't have a restaurant. Uh, we right. make, you know, rotisserie chicken and fried chicken, nothing, no major culinary uh, discoveries are going on in our deli here. And right. it, but it was, you know, it was nagging me. And, you know, if enough people tell you something, you realize, Hey, if they're thinking about it, maybe I'm missing the boat on something. So I was talking to, this was before the whole barbecue sauce thing or barbecue thing. I was talking to the owner of the company I worked for. He has 30 something grocery stores, Balls Foods Company, and they own a bunch of the small chain in Kansas City area. And I was telling him my idea and he's like, you know, it's not a bad idea, but product wise, you have to figure out a product that works for you. So try to look around whenever you go to somebody's house, look in their refrigerator, see what everybody's got in their refrigerator you could find something everybody has, there's probably room for you to be able to try to get into that as a category. And it kind of just stuck in the back of my mind. So when I got started with the barbecue sauce and mixing my own and people liking it, it's like, you know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the item. Everybody's got at least one in their house. Right. So that's when I started looking into what it would take. Especially in Kansas City. Exactly. But really anywhere. Yeah, it's true. So I started looking into what it would take to make it, to manufacture it more than just a couple of bottles at a time. And that was right about before one of our kosher barbecue competitions. And that was the first one that Simon came in for. And I decided to make a big Sim-hmm. batch of the Simon Majumdar. The, he's a judge on oh, a bunch of shows on the Food Network, Cutthroat Kitchen, Iron Chef, a bunch of that stuff. Wow. He knows okay. his food. <laughs> He's an expert. And He's a monster. exactly. So I decided to make a bunch of bottles and sell a sell them at our event and kind of get some feedback, and also put one bottle in each one of the judges. Good, they get a little bit of a thank you bag, a gift bag. Interesting. And that's what I did. I figured I'd get some good feedback from it, and and I did. I got a lot of feedback, and I think the the turning point was when he said he he wrote me a little letter the next day saying he was on his way back to the airport he opened up the bottle of sauce took a lick and he was like wow this guy's onto something it's delicious it's tasty it's not just a good kosher sauce it's a good barbecue sauce period amazing so that really that was kind of my moment where i'm like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna stick my neck out and see if i can run with this
1: that's fantastic. I love that story. That's just fantastic. I mean, that's your tip. It's, I mean, that's like what an entrepreneur goes out. He takes a risk. He makes something, gets into the judge's hands at a barbecue. I mean, it's just you're using your thinking, You're using your head to come up. How can I get people to respond? How do I really know if it's good? And you get one of the top chefs or, you know, in, in, in America and, and you get into his hands and then he likes it so much that he sends you a note about it. I mean, that's just brilliant. And now that you know it was tested, now you know you got the feedback. Now, you know, you know what? I'm gonna take the plunge. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So just before we jump to that, what uh, you know, you prepared the first batch in your kitchen for this uh, barbecue contest. Like, how'd you bottle it? Did you have labels?
0: (laughs) So I used a little bit of my connections as in the cautious. I had one of my our customers had a test kitchen. They It was mainly used for baking products. Um, but I asked them if they'd be they'd allow me to come in and do it all right. And bottle sauce there, but yeah, it was all by hand. I printed up labels at Kinko's. It didn't have nutritional (laughs) facts. I mean, it was nothing formal. I had a label design. I found a graphic designer. Once I knew I wanted to run with it, who put together a really incredible um, uh, label design, or at least the, the general concept of it.
1: Do you still um, have it?
0: It's and I've of? had a few ideas yeah. of stuff over the years, and I've used him for a few things. So I knew he does a His great name? job. His name is Yussi Belkin. Belkin, Yossi Graphic Design.
1: Cool.
0: He's out of Florida. He's really, really gifted. So it looked good. We printed out labels at Kinko's. I bottled them by hand at this person with a little help from her and some of her workers. And that, that was the first run. That's amazing. That's great. And then the feedback was phenomenal. Okay, so
1: now how do you take it to the next level?
0: You know, people so that, like it, got the recipe down. So that, that's where it got a little more uh, complicated. And like I said, it's still an uphill battle. So I started asking around some people I know who had barbecue sauce manufactured where I could find a company that makes, that's called a co-packer. In general, unless companies are really, really huge, very few make their own food products. Right. Unless they're either really small and niche or they're really large. Everybody in the middle, they have a formula and then they find someone who can manufacture it for them. Right. So I was able, I found a, in Kansas City, we have a whole bunch of them that make barbecue sauces, but none of them were kosher and none of them at the time had the capacity to do kosher. Okay. So finding one that would also do kosher, I was able to find one out of state. Okay. And started talking to them, find out what their minimum is, how much it would cost. And then it just, that's where it was kind of the hurry up and wait. So I have to send them my formula. They made a batch in their test kitchen using the ingredients because, you know, I'm using, uh, let's say I'm using Heinz brand tomato paste and this brand, that, that brand. If they're using their brands that they're buying in mass market, it's a totally different taste.
1: Sure. They've got to sure. play
0: around with it a little bit. So right. the first batch they sent back tasted nothing like my sauce. I mean, I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> uh, want, so frustrating. I don't get it. And yes, it was. Then we got one back and back and forth. Another time we talked about each ingredient breaking down. They got samples of some of the ingredients I used to see if they could mimic the flavor. And right around Pesach time, actually, I was like, I think two or th- actually uh, probably almost three years ago now. It's crazy. We got the bottle that I opened and tasted, and said, "Ah, this is it." Wow! Um, and one of the components.
1: So, in my how sauce, long was the process from the time you first sent in your your recipe till you got
0: what you wanted? Almost a year. Wow! I would say it was well, not not. It was summer to well, summer to April. So about, wow. about nine so months. So about ten months. Nine, yeah. ten months.
1: Wow. I mean, so you are a perfectionist. You said that to me before. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it's got to be what it is. I mean, you right. can't misrepresent it. If it isn't what I want it to be, it's not mine. You know, I think it's another great lesson for entrepreneurs
1: out there is that, you know, be patient. It takes patience. I, I think uh, what was I think Mayor Goodman, uh, when he interviewed uh, uh, said that also that you have to have patience uh, in order to succeed. And, you know, You may want to get your product out, but make sure it is exactly what you want it to be. And, you know, coca vote for waiting and insisting that you got exactly what you wanted.
0: I mean, you only get one first impression, so you want it to be your best. So So one of the components in my sauce is my seasoning, my rub. So that's made by another company. So it's kind of, I guess, you could call it like the secrecy where neither one has the whole, whole recipe. But part of it is... Most places that do wet recipes don't do dry. So you have right. to do different ones anyways. So once I was already <laughs> having it made because it goes in my sauce, I also had it bottled. I had labels made, and I had it bottled. And that went a little quicker, but it, it took a couple revisions. And finally, the first one they sent me was so spicy. It was out of control, which I loved, but I knew it wouldn't, it wouldn't go any well. The broke market. But yeah, so once we figured out the right formula at that point we needed to get the nutritional facts and they have a they have a program and they're able to the co-packer gets that done and got that to the graphic designer get the final draft on the label figure out where to get the labels from get them ordered get them to the manufacturer. so and then i had to get my my rub made first cuz i had to have that sent to the manufacturer to the sauce manufacturer and find, so i finally got my first bottles of rub probably in about March of this past, just this past March. Okay. And then I got my first, after getting that with the labels to the sauce company, I finally got my first shipment of sauce in May. Wow. Was it, was it about May or June? Oh, no, it was in May. And there was that moment when my first my first shipment came in. It was a pretty small shipment, not, not even quite one full pallet because it's still a test. You just never know. And I, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget the moment. sitting I get brought in my office, and my wife came over, and we opened up a bottle and put it in little like shot glasses, <laughs> and uh, and took a sip of it. And my, I tell you, I had some of the lar- biggest anxiety I've ever had before. I was, you just don't know, and if it wasn't right, uh, you're back to the drawing board again. Right. And there, and it tasted it, and I think she she videoed it, and it was like, all right, we got it. This is it.
1: I want that video for the show. You gotta send
0: that to me. Well I'll have to I'll I'll see if we dig it up. Dig it up somewhere. Uh was awesome that feeling. Tell uh, me about that. It was it was a huge relief. I get the chills little now, right? Thinking about it. And and that's when just, it got real was, though. So, Till now right, it was all it was all on hypothetical. hypothetical. Uh, uh, your own, yeah. And now I've you know I've invested over the years I've put a money into what one of the things you talk about with that that I don't think at least I as a budding entrepreneur didn't necessarily really realize is everything costs money. There are so sure. many little details right. that you just it's constant. This needs to work out. You need to get something to do this. Somebody to do that. You want a trademark? You've got to do this. You got to do that. You want to? I mean, just nonstop. So at this point, I'm already. So to say, got a lot of a lot in on the deal. And then so that's when it got real. And that's when I was able to start trying to push it and find stores to take it and distributors. So how
1: would you get that first store signed up?
0: Well, the, the first one was the easiest because it was a local barbecue store that I, I've always buying things from and brought a couple samples over. Then they were they taste. They're like, all right, this is great. We'll carry it. No problem.
1: Awesome. Uh,
0: And then the local store I used to work for, the Kosher Deli, they were on board right away, theoretically. But since they're a large or a semi-large company, there was a lot of paperwork I had to jump get through to to get on their shelves. But now I'm in a couple of their stores. Wow. How great
1: is it to walk into a store and see your product on the shelves?
0: It's definitely one of the neatest feelings. I try not to forget that. (laughs) Because <laughs> you start taking things for granted and you become a little calloused, but right. there still is that moment where you walk into the store and you see your name on a product on the shelf, and I have a caricature of my face on the bottle, and it's, it's just, it's just neat. It's a, it's a very neat feeling. I guess, I mean, but that's it's
1: funny because the, people think that okay, you, you put up some barbecue sauce. This is a more than a year in the making. Maybe the actual pro- production, getting the taste on, but you know this is all from your experience and everything that you did until that point i mean everything you did even in real estate and and uh in in selling uh, uh jewelry and dimes has all led to you know the knowledge that you you, you gathered to be able to do and produce uh, your own uh products now
0: yeah definitely i mean and the shakhah process involved with it and the the different connections that i've made over the years and in different areas that i've worked in or people that i've gotten to know it's amazing which ones all of a sudden that's the one that comes in and uh, somebody who recognizes you, who knows you from somewhere, and the, and the and the people I've gotten to know through competing in, in different barbecue contests, and, and then that helps so much, hugely. I, um, I mean, love just just this week, actually, my first uh, large shipment just went out to a distributor in New York. So, Baruch Hashem, I'll be hitting shelves all over the East Coast re- really soon. I think they're going to be pretty uh, pushing it pretty hard. So, and, and I, I know I will.
1: <laughs> well let us know uh you know we'll definitely uh uh push it out to our audience and you know we'll link to it and stuff but you know let us know what stores they're at but that's fantastic so just so new york distributor picked it up and it's going to go over the east coast i guess new york new jersey area
0: yep hopefully hopefully beyond that mostly kosher stores And hopefully beyond that, that's the area I'm focusing on right now. I hope in the future to be able to get into some of the more large, larger markets and mainstream, but it's a, it's very crowded. There's a lot crowded category. There's a lot of barbecue sauces out there. Mine is definitely a a competitor. It's, it's, it's quality, but I only have two products. Right. Big, big stores are hesitant to take on a, uh, a brand that has two products. So. For so Hashem, trying We're to get some products? more, trying to work on more ideas, more products. Before my first bottle even went on the shelf, I was already working on and already am working on figuring out the next products, the next part of the line. But just takes a little bit of time.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, this is a great story. I absolutely love it. I love, you know, <laughs> from an from idea and following it, from going to getting it done and now to getting it on, into store shelves – it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, building your brand, uh, really, and, and now you know, beser the shem, you'll you'll come up with more products and you'll be much liach with it. Let me just ask, ask you a couple more questions, and we're going to close this episode off. Uh, but so, what was some of the? Do you have any like uh, really great advice that someone gave you?
0: Yeah, I've gotten a lot of good advice, um, and probably not listened to too too much good advice, mm-hmm. but. I think the best advice that I was given is to really try to create your, write down your vision. If you have an idea of something, write it down, write down where you want to be, not just now, but where you want to be later, because that at least helps you. There are, it helps you keep your eye, keep focused and your eye on the prize. And when something does come up where there's an opportunity to expand, you're already there. You already thought it out and you can jump on the opportunity. I'm um, still working on it, so I can't really talk about the details. But I had an idea last summer that was part of part of this. Uh, was uh, part of a, another expansion of my line, and that idea <laughs> hit me. I wrote it down right away and started mapping out kind of what I wanted to do. And then I think right. a week later, somebody was talking about a company that possibly I could partner with on it. That just like that. I told them I want to talk to them. I had a meeting a few months later, and we're still in talks, of course. These things take forever, it seems like. But we're sure. we're getting much closer. So mapping your vision so you know at least what you want to do, whether or not you're gonna get there or not, that's probably some of the best advice I've gotten. And I'm always looking for other advice because I'm still trying to figure it out.
1: Excellent. But you know what you're figuring out by doing, which is something you know I talk a lot about on this podcast, is that you know, instead of spending years just trying to figure out or to learn. You're learning on the road you're learning by actually doing it so call it a vote to you this has been um, a very exciting podcast episode I really loved your story I can't wait to continue to hear some great things I think we're gonna do a contest I got to figure out how to do it but we're gonna uh, give away some of your awesome sauce and rub to uh, a lucky winner got to figure out how to uh, do that but uh, yeah that would be great yeah I definitely want to get some of uh, you know you know get some of your I want to taste it myself I get I guess I have to
0: wait till it uh, gets to Israel. But uh... yeah, well, I'm, I'm in. I just sent some samples with somebody to talk to an importer because one thing I did notice when I visited Israel, there's not a lot of any American barbecue sauces there. The, that is... I don't know if Israelis would be into it, but there's a lot of Americans. And slowly but surely, you never know. Barbecue is starting to catch on all over the world. A friend of mine in Israel just told me he went to a barbecue class at a Weber dealership in Israel are there really? were smoking meats and stuff yep i mean <laughs> i awesome. had no idea so. did but, i knew that and i live here <laughs> and that that's, that's definitely on my agenda too i'd like to do some traveling do some classes people contact me all the time with questions and i've coached many people through through some cooks in their in their right. backyards so and that's fun for me i really love that component of it Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, my sauce and rub are available in a couple stores already on the East Coast. They're available in a couple kosher stores in the LA market. Um, excellent, in excellent. Miami, Chicago, and Jewel. So, and you said they're on Amazon, the, or they're going to be on Amazon? My, well, they're. I think the rub is already listed. Sauces coming soon, and they're on a. I we're selling a bunch from a website called BarbecueAttics dot com, which is BBQAddicts.com. dot com. They've got my rub and my sauce, so.
1: Awesome. So we're going to link to that also so people can get it right away.
0: Okay, Mendel,
1: this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm inspired. I love your story. I love your products. Keep rocking it. You know, Thank you so much for uh, taking the time for being on the show.
0: Yeah, Nachum, I really appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out to me and uh, urging me to do it. It's fun.
1: Yeah, no, this has been great. So thank you very much, and I look forward to continuing Hatzlaffa.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable
1: and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more
0: information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be
1: Masliak.